welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Jeff. Joining me as always, my other co-host, Mark A. Johnston. Mark, a lot of baseball last weekend you had. Oh my You're goodness! Talking like yes. Yoda, apparently. Yes, I did, Master Yoda. <laughs> uh, I I did. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it's it, it's you know what I find myself. I said this year, you know what my my goal is going to be to waste more time watching baseball because it's not a waste of time at all. See, so I've wasted a lot of time this year not wasting time on baseball. Watch a lot of baseball. You do. <laughs> yes, yeah. baseball. Watch. I, I can't do it. Never mind. Well, I you know this is a this is a baseball history podcast, but I have breaking news here for Uh-oh. this podcast. Breaking news! You heard it here first. I went to a major league baseball game this weekend. I, I heard this rumor. Weekend. Yes, I did hear this rumor. Yes, so we we are all very aware. I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast before that I am boycotting my favorite team, the Oakland Athletics, until. It is announced that they're staying. So technically, I could never go to another A's game in the rest of my life. But uh, I did get some tickets from some friends, not pay for them. I Friends that we've even mentioned on this podcast before. Potty Mouth from the No Crying in Baseball podcast was in town. Uh, I got to meet her and her husband, Mr. Potty Mouth. I got to meet, uh, well, I, I've met her, but not in person, Meredith Wills who's done all the research on the, uh, you know, on the, the baseballs and the different different baseballs that MLB says aren't happening, but they actually are. But we got together, we went to a baseball game at the, at the Coliseum, the Grand Coliseum, which was quite an experience for the potty mouths who had not been there before. <laughs> I love saying that. So you, you, you uh, did it feel good to be there or did you feel like awkward? I felt awkward. I am not going to lie. And, you know, I watched a portion of the game, but it was fun just talking with with my friends there that, you know, knew a lot about baseball. We talked a lot about baseball. The A's won, which I mean, that is a rarity in itself. You know, I again, I didn't really pay attention, which is odd because you normally when I go to a baseball game, I score it. I got my book and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I just uh, was had fun talking getting out of the house and talking baseball with people that knew what they were talking about. So, so it was a lot of fun. Sounds like a good time to me. Yeah. Now we did play a game though, while we were there trying to find how many players of active A's players, people were wearing jerseys or shirts of, (laughs) it was not a lot. I, there, I mean, there's a lot of Ricky Henderson stuff, which is great. A lot of Matt Olson and Matt Chapman jerseys being worn around the park. Sure. Uh, I did see two active players. So two people in this in, in the whole Coliseum. One was a Christian Pache jersey as I was leaving, which I guess. And it was an A's, not a, not a Braves? Yeah, it was an A's. It was an A's yeah. uniform. And then I saw a Stephen Vogt jersey. Oh, wow. But it was a it was first go-round Stephen Vogt. It's <laughs> like the first time he was with the team like 10 years ago. <laughs> well, somebody kept it around yeah, for, well, you know, get paid uh, off. When I was looking through trying to decide what I was going to wear to the game yesterday, I found uh, a Nick Swisher jersey in my collection. So, I mean, Beautiful. obviously people keep these things, but it counted. He's on the roster. I did see a lot of uh, Jared Koning. I'm not, I think that's how you say his name, jerseys. But that's because his entire family was in one section. 
and they all had custom jerseys. I'm assuming that it just wasn't a random group of people that were trying to see this guy's like third career start in the major leagues, and they're like, let's buy jerseys. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a little odd. I, I, I am with you on that one. That was an interesting game. It was kind of a sad game. But, I mean, whose jersey are you going to buy for the A's? Yeah. I mean, Montas is going to be gone. I do have a Ramon Laureano jersey, and he is still on the team. But I, I hear the, the Marlins are looking at him, so he might well, not be. Of course they got a deal, and he's, he's one of their good players. <laughs> well, and that's good on a A's scale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about some other things here in BP. We got to get warmed up here. We've got kind of a special show today. We've got a gift, a couple of gifted packs of cards from one of our longtime listeners. And uh, there's some special cards and there's 13 of them per pack. So we're going to actually just get through BP here. And we've been promised that we have not pulled these cards before. So I'm interested to see how that claim is made. But we're going to we're going to kind of do in a long Special elongated wax packs heroes here. We'll put off our story we were going to do this week. We'll put that off till next week. But I still have a couple more things I want to talk about, Mark. Well, let's do it, man. So first of all, I wore my Nick Castellano shirt to the game over the weekend. You know, there's a drive to deep left field because I didn't want to wear anything A's. But uh, Nick Castellanos is uh, on the Phillies this year and his son is a king. That's all I'm going to say. Earlier this season, there was a video of a Phillies game where a foul ball goes into the stands and an older guy gets the ball and he does something that I would not do under any circumstances. He looks for a kid to give it to. Like, (laughs) I'm keeping the ball. I'm sorry. That's a thing. Well, Nick Castellanos' son happened to be right there. And obviously this guy doesn't know that this is the kid of a ball player. So he's trying to give him this foul ball and the kid he probably has a thousand of these at home already. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. There's a, and he's pointing to other kids around saying, Hey, give it to, give it to him. But the guy like kind of forces it on him. <laughs> so he's like, all right, I, I'm going to just take this ball. And he takes it. And then he goes around and he hands it to another young kid <laughs> who was thrilled beyond belief. So that's awesome, right? He's that's like, great. he's like, great. So fast forward to last week and Nick's kid is again in the stands watching his dad in Philadelphia. This time though, he's got some baseball cards. Mark, as we've become well aware of cards today are very high gloss. They're, <laughs> they're not just cardboard and, and pictures like they were, you know, in the, in the wax facts era. Well, he's right there in the front row and his dad is coming to the plate. So being the ingenious little guy that he is, he starts to use this is a day game, by the way. He starts to use these super high gloss cards like a mirror and tries to catch the sun off of it to distract the pitcher as his dad's at the plate. Oh, that's great. Now, he took a lot of heat online for this. A little kid did. Yeah, He called a lot of names. Everyone seemed to have immediately forgotten the good thing he did earlier and forgetting that he's like an elementary or early junior high aged kid. You know, he's not old. He's just a kid. Also, I'm guessing, though, that his dad probably wouldn't be pleased that he's trying to blind a man that's throwing a baseball at him (laughs) at 90 miles per hour. Let's talk about the Yankees, Mark. We like doing that. Sure. What's up with the Yankees? Uh, well, remember the start of the season, like seven games in and the Yankees were like two and five and fans were losing it. They're like, it's oh, yeah. over. Trade everybody. Oh, yeah. Boone's yep. got to go. 
Let's see what we can get for Judge. Well, it's obviously, as sane baseball fans know, it's a 162-game season. But a week or two in all that craziness, it's now been forgotten. Yankee fans, definitely never known for overreacting. But they've been clearly the best team in baseball since that kind of slow start. Through 62 games, I know we're a little bit further than that now, but they have the ninth best start in Major League Baseball history. That's impressive. Yeah, that's very impressive. The two teams with better starts than the Yankees didn't win the World Series that year when they had those great starts. Hmm. So it's the middle of June, and they are 30 games over 500 already. I did want to look at some of these teams. So the New York Giants from 1912, they started off with a mark of 50 and 11. And they ended up winning 103 games, losing 48, and then lost in the World Series. The number two team in this list. Can you guess who the second best start of all time, knowing that they did not win the World Series, who it is? Could could it be the 01 Seattle Mariners? You are 100% (laughs) correct. They started off 49 and 13, ended up with a record 116 and 46 mark. And, of course, did not make it to the World Series that year. 70 games over 500. That's insane. It is. But these uh, these Yankees, after 62 games, 46 and 16, that ties them with the Tigers from 84, who went on to win the World Series as well. But uh, we'll see how it how it shakes down. I think they're definitely the team to beat at this point. Yeah. We'll see. They, they're going to cool down at some point. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, so. I'm <laughs> sure people said that about the Mariners and the, the 1912 Giants, and they did not until the playoffs hit. I don't know. They, they look yeah. pretty tough. Uh, I wanted to do another quick Ricky story in case, uh, you know, you've been living under a rock. Howard Bryant's book, Ricky, came out a couple of weeks ago. I've been through it a couple of times now. Uh, read it once, obviously, immediately, but now I've kind of gone back to pick out some stories and things I want to talk about. So I've been going to throw in a quick story here and there about Ricky Henderson. And I mentioned the fact that Ricky is notoriously thrifty, not cheap. Yes. He's thrifty. thrifty. He knows he knows where his money is. But uh, a thing happened in 1994 in spring training, or actually right at the beginning of the season. So obviously in 93, Ricky won the World Series with the Toronto Blue Jays. That entitles him to, of course, to a World Series ring and a playoff share for winning the World Series and and so forth. So Ricky was back with Oakland after that year. He re-signed with the A's after the the season ended. And the A's are, I think they're starting the season in Milwaukee, or maybe it's the first road trip. And that's relatively close to Toronto. So Toronto sends down a couple of guys with his ring and a, and a check for him to present to him before the game. So they, they find him in the locker room before BP. They give him this, uh, this ring and this check. And then Ricky goes out and takes batting practice. Comes in, gets changed for the game, and the clubbies are in there doing laundry. And one of them picks up a pair of pants and there's something in the back pocket. It's uh, not not the World Series ring, at least, but it was uh, it was a check for one hundred twenty seven thousand dollars. It was Ricky's <laughs> World World Series share. <laughs> Stuffed in his pocket and forgot. Yeah, uh, he got it. They they were <laughs> they were honest and, and gave it back to him. And I'm sure he was appreciative. But. I'm sure. 
All right. Uh, this show is debuting on June 21st. So I got a couple of debuts. Oh, a lot of people debuted today. Not a lot that really stuck out to me, though. So I'm going to go with a couple of guys that, boy, we've probably even had on Wax Packs Heroes a couple of times. But uh, today in 1993, Jeremy Burnitz made his Major League debut. He came up, well, first of all, I got to say his full name, right? That's the thing I do now. Jeremy Neil Burnitz made his debut with the Mets in 93. Jeremy played 14 years in the big leagues, six with Milwaukee, four with the Mets, uh, got MVP votes several years and was an all-star once. The big fact about Jeremy Burnett's that he, Jay Buhner, Troy Gloss, Richie Sexton, and Reggie Sanders are the only players in Major League history to finish their career with more than 300 home runs, but less than 1,000 RBI. Oh, weird. Maybe they're batting behind somebody like a Bonds or somebody that just clears the bases every time that they, they're up. I don't know. Yeah. That's a lot of home runs for under 1,000 RBI. Definitely, yeah. That's, that's a, I mean, that's something I honestly had never really thought about, but that's amazing. He had a good year. I mean, 981 career RBI, uh, his uh, 41 slugging and a 112 OPS plus. So he was definitely an above average player, but just not a lot of not a lot of meat on those bones to to clear off when he came into the plane. It seems. Yes, not, yeah. Also making his debut today on June 21st, 1998, Bobby Howry. Now. I'm yeah. I'm just wondering do do I think that Bobby Dean Howry was better than he actually was in my mind? Was it one of those things where he always performed well against Oakland or what? I I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Never an All Star. He appeared in the postseason only twice, and and lost in the first round to both of those. No black ink on here at all. Pitched for 13 years in the big leagues, though. I mean, that's that's a good thing. He was a closer for part of the time, at least he, at the beginning of his career. Then kind of a middle relief guy. He appeared in 70 to 80 games per year, so he was durable. But I just seem to think of him as being like an all-star, but he apparently wasn't. Well, at least he never made the all-star game. But during the 1997 season, Howie was one of the six guys that were dealt to the White Sox in exchange for Wilson Alvarez, Danny Darwin, and Roberto Hernandez in that that white flag trade is what it was dubbed. <laughs> yes, a good name. Yeah. So also coming along with Howery was Keith Folk, who, of course, had a great major league career. Lorenzo Barcelo, who I am not familiar with. Mike Caruso, who I think had a sometime in the big leagues. Ken Vining, which I don't know, and Brian Manning. So... I mean, I guess they got Bobby Howry and Keith Folk. Those are two good relievers that had long careers. Sure, so, sure. Uh, it's time for a Lars Newtbar update, Mark, before Let's we get into it. this. Uh, it's going to be a quick one. It appears Lars is uh, back down in AAA. Okay. <laughs> Either that or he hasn't played in the last two weeks and he's just sitting on the bench, and I don't think that that's the case. So I think he's probably back down in AAA. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our BP segment. Let's let the grounds crew come out and do our stuff. Uh, we'll do their stuff. This is, I mean, this is a special episode, Mark. Yes. So we've got to let them, we're going to give them a little bit extra. There's an on-field ceremony, apparently, before we go too much further. And that on-field <laughs> ceremony is for our longtime listener, Andrew Harner, who that name probably sounds familiar if you've heard this podcast, because 
every week when, you know, during the offseason when we do trivia, he's always one of those names that gets it right. Again, if you've listened to the show before, you know what Wax Packs Heroes is. And we've been getting listeners sending us packs of, of older cards or sometimes curated packs for us to go through and, and play the game with. And Andrew was nice enough to send us a couple of packs of cards. And these are curated packs, meaning that, you know, he's opened them and he's specifically curated these for us to look at. And he said that we have never pulled any of these before. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work. We're going to go ahead and jump right into it, and we're going to play a special episode of Wax Packs Heroes. Gotta pull a Wax Pack Hero! All right, if you are new here, or if you just simply like listening to the rules every week, let's go over them once again. We're going to take the baseball reference war of whatever year the card is from for each player. Based on that, we've got a couple of other things that can add or subtract points to that. Anything on their face, be it glasses, sunglasses, mustache. Well, no, a mole doesn't count. If no. they get a mole, no. If it's a... The animal, a mole, will count it, but that's probably not likely. Sure, yeah, yeah. If, if someone's fallen down and a mole has crawled across their face, they're deserving of an extra Put point. it on the board, yeah. You get an extra tenth of a point. If you're wearing real stirrups, you get an extra tenth of a point, but if you're wearing the dreaded two-in-ones, that's minus a tenth. A couple of other ways to get an additional tenth of a point, you've got sweatbands that have your caricature or jersey number on it. If you played any of your final three seasons for the Mariners, that's uh, an extra tenth of a point for each season. If you have two flaps or no flaps on your batting helmet, that is good for a tenth of a point. If you're batting without batting gloves as well, that's a tenth of a point. Any award you won the season of the card, that means Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP. If you were an All-Star or won a gold glove, that's a half a point award for each. If they are in the Hall of Fame or even if there's a Hall of Famer in the picture, you're going to get a whole point of war. And if either Ricky Henderson or Nolan Ryan appear in the card, if it's Ricky, I get five points regardless of who pulled it. If it's Nolan, Mark gets five points regardless of who pulled it. And Mark, we each pick a team. Uh, if uh, I draw my team, I get half a point. If I draw your team, I minus half a point. And the same goes for you. So who, uh, who are you going to pick? Well, there is a note here talking about picking a team. It says you'll oh. want to consider a non-expansion franchise. Hmm. All right, so we're we're going original six, like Toronto Maple Leafs, Chicago Blackhawks. Well, we, we would be if we were hockey. So, oh, yes, I, I keep getting those mixed up. Keep yeah, those mixed well, it's real easy. I mean, there's a flat rubber puck versus a round. Well, yeah, well, remember, I mean, we do a lot of pot. We do the whiskey podcast. We do the Red Sox history podcast, and oh, yeah. we do the the NHL history podcast. So, yeah. Yeah, I forget about that one. I do that one in my sleep. Yeah, well, you are awfully quiet when we do that one. That's so right. That's, that's right. <laughs> which is, I, might be why it's so highly rated. I don't, I'm not sure. That that's, could be true. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Mark, which non-expansion team do you want to go with? I'm going to go with the Detroit Tigers. All right. Let me think here. Um, well, you know what? I think I'm going to go with a non-expansion team that that has moved. I'm going to go with the Giants. Oh, nice. All right. So we've got two packs here, Mark. Which one would you like to choose? Well, here's the deal. The note that, that came with these says uh, that the Brewers cards, they they each have a Brewers card on top and bottom. Those are just cover cards. Oh, to, it's very secretive. This yes. Is, all right. One of the cover cards is Jed Jerko, and the other is Travis Shaw. 
I think I'm going to go with Travis Shaw. Good, because Jed Jerko's got one of my favorite names. Remember, he came up with the Padres. I don't think he's still in the game. I don't know, but uh, all right. <laughs> I'm going to, let, let's go with the tried and true format. Let's have you go first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be the home team. All right, sounds good. Now, before we get started, let's look at the scoreboard, because I have won, I believe, three in a row, two in a row. I don't know. It's so many wins. It's hard to remember. But I've definitely been on a hot streak, something that does not happen in this game very often. Right now, we are tied at three, and we are going to open up these packs that were graciously given to us by Andrew Harner. You can find him on Twitter at AndrewSHarner1, H-A-R-N-E-R-1. And we'll put that in the show notes as well, so throw him a follow if you have not already. Let's, uh, let's do this. All right. Now, Andrew's showing he uh, has good knowledge of modern baseball card collecting as he has taped these shut with painter's tape, which is the uh, standard because the painter's tape won't rip or damage the card in any capacity. So we'll well, that's good. Yeah. That the resale value of these, these this will be very high. <laughs> well, this is going to be a fun one. All right, Travis Shaw cast aside. He's just a cover card. Uh, my first player is, I think I've heard of him, Dizzy Dean. Dizzy Dean. <laughs> oh, I see what we're doing. Uh, 1932 is the year specifically. 1932 Dizzy so Dean. So you have in your hand a 1932 Dizzy Dean card then. That's what Absolutely. you're telling me. That Andrew, Andrew has rated his very valuable baseball card collection and is sending us these very rare cards. Yes. This was a, a 1992, oh, 1932 okay. card. <laughs> okay. So, well, you know, right off the, right off the get go, you've got a Hall of Famer, of course. In right. Dizzy He's Dean. Really high scores, I think. I think. Hall of Fame 1953, Dizzy Dean. All right. Jay Hannah Dean, nicknamed The Great Man. You know, that it, he might be a great man, but that's not a great nickname. That's really <laughs> not a, a, a great nickname. But, all right. So, what year did you say this was? 1932? Uh, 1932. All right, so 1932 is his second year in the big leagues. He made his major league debut in 1930, only played in one game. He got the win, a complete game victory, where he gave up one run and three hits in in nine innings. And they're like, all right, thanks, and then didn't see him until 1932. (laughs) (laughs) But 1932, a good year, not one of his five all-star years. He went 18 and 15 for the Cardinals, a 3.30 ERA, 46 games. He started 33 of them, had 10 or no, I'm sorry, 16 complete games, including four shutouts and two saves. He led the league in innings pitch with 286. Those four shutouts also led the league, also led the league for the first of four consecutive years in strikeouts with 191 and led the league with a strikeout per nine average of 6.0 and received MVP votes. Very nice. nice. So all of this together equals a war of 5.9 for Jay Hannah Dean, a.k.a. Dizzy, a.k.a. Brother of Paul. So that is going to, well, is there anything on that card that's going to help you out? Does he have the eye black or the flip downs? What are his, uh, he's probably got real stirrups on, I'd be willing if you can uh, see it. It's really just an upper torso shot, and he's looking at the camera like, what is that contraption you've got there? Uh, (laughs) Is it stealing uh, my soul? Yes. No, no eye black, nothing like that. Just to look like, what are you doing with that thing? So Dizzy Dean, 1932, something interesting on the, his actual name, Jay Hannah Dean. Yes, I've said that twice now, but I'm glad you're listening. Well, well, I'm just wondering if he was part of Hanna-Barbera. Oh, yes, he's part of the Great Space Coaster crowd. 
That's all I wanted to know, man. All right. Well, that's cool. Good, good game out of, uh, out of Dizzy. So, of course, Dizzy, a member of the famed Gas House gang of the St. Louis Cardinals. I have got now I Dizzy is on my list of stories to tell. I've got it probably about half written. I've been going in and out between it because he was just such a a character. And after his playing days, he actually went into broadcasting. And there's a ton of I mean, he's kind of made for our show. He has got some great phrases that I'm sure everybody's probably heard of and some great stories that I'm willing to, or I'm willing that I'm excited to tell once I do that. So I'm not going to give too much more information, but that's a good start. Definitely. And, all right. Uh, all right. Moving on to another St. Louis Cardinal. Should have picked the Cardinals. Obviously. Second baseman Specs to Porcer. T-O-P-O-R-C-E-R. T-O-P-O-R? Mm-hmm. C-E-R. To Porcer. I'd be willing to bet Specs has never been mentioned on this show before. I, I would remember Specs, I think. Well, uh, looking at his pictures, he definitely wore glasses, which, yes. you know, that kind of seems like low-hanging fruit for a nickname. But uh, let's see, Specs, full name, George Taporks. I can't, I'm not even going to say that. I'm just going to call him Specs. Let's see, he played eight years in the big leagues, all of it with St. Louis. What year is this card from? 1928. 1928. His final year is a 29-year-old. He only appeared in eight games, and he took the collar for the season. 0 for 14 with three strikeouts. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to help. That's a war of minus 0.3. Specs was a member of the 1926 World Series, speaking of the Gas House Gang. Won a, won a I don't want to say ring, because I don't know what they were handing out at that point. Sometimes it was watches. Who was Specs? It, oh, they were, they were handing out specs. Okay, fair enough. That is going to be a minus 0.3 unless, well, I'm assuming he's got glasses on in this picture, so that'll be a plus 10. He's definitely got those cool little round glasses, kind of almost a uh, a steampunk look going on. Yeah, here. exactly. He's got the same one in every one of these pictures that I'm seeing here. Let's see, he went to school and became friends with actor James Cagney. Ooh, Nice. He was a huge Giants fan uh, growing up. So big, in fact, that in 1908, when they lost the pennant to the Cubs on Merkel's Boner, a play that we have covered a whole episode on and mentioned it many times, uh, he cried himself to sleep after that. Uh Poor Specs. So how would you like to be a second baseman on the same team as Rogers Hornsby and Frankie Frisch? Two other second basemen. (laughs) Well, I'd say, you know, find a nice spot at the end of the bench and just enjoy the show. I guess so. So, you know, we're talking about him being nicknamed Specs. Unfortunately, after his playing career, as he be, he, he went on to become a manager and, and worked in baseball, it looks like, for almost the rest, the rest of his entire life, he started to go blind, in first in his left eye and then in his right eye. And uh, unfortunately... Yeah, he was he went blind. And this is interesting because of years of playing baseball had toughened his fingertips. He was not able to read Braille. Oh, wow. Uh, Went on to become a motivational speaker, wrote an autobiography. His life story was made into a TV show. He died at uh, at the age of 90. The last surviving member of the Gas House Gang. Oh, that's a very interesting card. That was that's a good I, I like where this pack is going so far. This next guy has got to be my, uh, this is the greatest nickname of all time, possibly. Better than Specs. All right. Oh, yeah. You ready for this? And, and he's not even a rapper. He doesn't look like a rapper anyway. But his name is Lil Stoner. Oh, yes. Lil Stoner. If I had a nickel for every uh, every mention or DM 
uh, <laughs> telling us about Lil Stoner, we we would need to be sponsored. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, let's see. Lil Stoner, AK, well, not AK. His full name is Ulysses Simpson Grant Stoner. I wonder if he was named after anyone. I don't know. Did you know that I am a very far away descendant of Ulysses S. Grant? No kidding. Yeah. So Lil Stoner and I. If he weren't dead and I ever met him at like a party, we'd have something to talk about. This is true. Let's see. Nine years in the big leagues for Lil Stoner. He was a pitcher. Went 50 and 57 overall. What year is this card from? This is 1925. 1925, his third year in the big leagues. He, of those nine years, he spent seven with Detroit and then won a piece with uh, the Phillies and, or I'm sorry, with the, uh, yeah, the Phillies and the Bucks. In 1925, he went 10-9 and with a 4.26. Oh, he never had a 4.20 ERA, which is a shame. (laughs) That's too bad. But a 4.26 ERA. Let's see. He had eight complete games and one save, 152 innings pitched, a 101 ERA plus, so right about at league average. And all of that will get you a 1.6 war for Lil Stoner. Is there anything else on that card that's going to help you out? He is a Detroit Tiger. Oh, that's uh, so you get a whole half a point for that. That'll bring you up to 8.8 after a couple of cards here. Let's see. He never appeared in the postseason. Um, also known for his skill in baking and uh, growing and breeding irises. <laughs> well, he was a state fair champion, probably at something. Well, see, now if you met him at a party, if he weren't dead, you likewise would have something in common That's to right. strike up a conversation with. <laughs> there you go. Stoner was known for combining a terrific fastball with exceptional control and a sharp breaking curve. Oh, get this. He uh, he sustained an injury as a toddler. No word if it was a farm incident or not. But the index finger. Oh, yep. Here it is. Index finger was severed in a wood chopping accident. Oh, my. So maybe that should be an addendum to the rules. If you have a farm (laughs) injury that maims you for life and makes you a better baseball player. That's a plus 12. Well, at one point, he was named the best cook in baseball. Now, that's important. (laughs) His crowning achievement in the offseason after the 1928 season was a three-tiered birthday cake made of orange sponge cake, ornamented with green icing and lavishly decorated with paper leaves and flowers. Well, my goodness, this is even before the whole food channel. He could have been on, like, chopped, or he could have been an iron chef. Obviously. Uh, let's see. His proudest botanical accomplishment was his creation of a pink iris hybrid. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that's a, that's a good one there. I like that. I like Lil Stoner. I, he was on my list because, like I said, we do get a lot of people pointing out that Lil Stoner played baseball. And uh, related in the Google search is Specs. <laughs> it's related to Lil Stoner in terms of people you might want to look at. <laughs> gotcha. All right, you're at 8.8. What's next? All right, next, Cleveland Indian first baseman Hal Trotsky. I read it as Trotsky at first, but there's no T. Hal Trotsky. Harold Arthur Trotsky. Born Troyevsky. Uh He was born in, oh, <laughs> I was going to say he was born in, in Norway, and maybe that's why his name, but no, it's Norway, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> that's right. He was born in Norway. What about it? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Who the hell names a city Norway in Iowa? Unless it's in uh, full of Norwegians. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Hal spent 11 years in the big leagues. Most of it was with Cleveland. Last two with Chicago. What year is this card from? 
This is uh, 1936. 1936. All right. Led the league in RBI this year with 162 and total bases with 405. Received some MVP votes. He had 216 hits, 42 home runs in 1936. Wow. Six stolen bases caught five times. Maybe don't run so much. He hit 343, a 382 on base, a 644 slugging, and that is good for a 146 OPS. And all of that equals a war of 4.0. Is there anything nice. on that card for Hal that's going to help you out? Well, these socks here, they kind of resemble stirrups. So I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you a real stirrups here. Well, the, the, okay. I mean, this is your pack. So I'm, I'm going to assume that you want to. <laughs> now, remember <laughs> that, I mean, stirrups, I, I, I think we've talked about this before, served an actual purpose. They, yes. they were almost, you couldn't see the sanitaries were meant to just be worn underneath them because the stirrups themselves were generally made out of wool and were very thick in order to protect the player's shins from being spiked or something like that. So they served a purpose and went down pretty much all the way to your shoe is the way yep. they were originally worn. So yeah, as long as you see that and you, you can tell, well, nobody's wearing two and ones. Let me put it that way. Nobody's yeah, yeah. pulling their pants down from the, the, the generation of these cards thus far. Nobody's pulling their pants down to look like Manny Ramirez wearing his pajamas. So, right. yeah, you absolutely no, yeah. So are going to get... We have stirrups here, then. That's very nice. This is interesting. I, I, I mentioned that Trotsky spent his final two years with the White Sox. It was uh, after he retired. So in, in 38, he started to experience some very severe migraine headaches, and it, became to affect, it began to affect his uh, vision. As well. So after being hit by a pitch in 41, he said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I need to I need to retire. He visited doctors. No help. Couldn't still had these headaches. He tried to enlist for World War Two. But due to his migraines, he was not uh, not allowed in the army. So he returned to baseball in 44, where he played a couple of years for the White Sox. Oh, wow. Interesting. Headaches. That's not cool. All right. So you're at 12.9. Who's our next player? Next, we have the one and only St. Louis Cardinals, 1933, Ripper Collins. Good old Ripper. Boy, yeah, if one of us would have uh, would have chosen the Cardinals, we would be, <laughs> we'd be doing pretty, well, do, doing even better here. So, uh, Ripper, James Anthony Collins. That kind of sounds like a serial killer's name. Uh, let's see, Ripper, nine years in the big leagues, most of it with St. Louis, then two with the Cubs and one with the Pirates. He was a three-time All-Star, won two World Series, both with St. Louis in 1931 and 1934. What uh, what year is this card from? Ripper is from 1933. Oh, you just missed his his big year in 34. Uh, let's see, 29 years old in 1933. 10 home runs, 68 RBI, a 310 average, 363 on base, a 452 slugging, and a 126 OPS plus. Wow, he hit 300. Four out of his first five years, and then 292. Uh, and all of that is good for a war of 3.4. Is there anything hey, else 34. on that card that's going to help you out? Um, no, he's just, I just like this like kind of half-joking smirk he's got on his face. Like, really? You're going to take a picture of me? You looking at me? Nothing too exciting or nothing that's going to give me any points. Well, this is interesting how he got his nickname Ripper. He was not actually a serial killer. But uh, as a young man, he hit a ball. And it struck a nail that was protruding from the outfield fence, which I'm sure the outfielders were really having a good time with that nail sticking out of the wall. It caused the cover to partially tear off the ball. The retriever said, wow, that was a ripper. <laughs> and it stuck. 
literally it's stuck yes yes this next one is going to be interesting because i've never gotten an umpire card before oh nice all right so umpires don't have war i don't think so we're just going to talk a little bit about this guy's name another great nickname pants roland good old pants so pants roland was playing a game and he was wearing his father's workday overalls which I've got to assume were a little bit too big for him. So as he was running around the bases, I'm guessing he looked a little funny with these big pants. So they called him Pants from there on and stuck. Note here says he liked the name Pants better than Clarence. When asked why, he said, who wouldn't? He was, he was president of the Pacific Coast League and he fought, campaigned for recognition for the PCL as a third major league. Nice. And I see names like the DiMaggio's, Ted Williams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've obviously talked a lot about the Pacific Coast League before. This guy might be interesting to do a show on. Let's see, also a manager. He managed the White Sox for four years. Uh, Oh, he won a World Series in 1917 with them as well. He was not the manager, interestingly enough, of the 1919 White Sox. Ah, yes. He retired or was at least no longer managing after the 1918 World Series. Yeah. I think 1919 was Kid Gleason. Yep, that is who took his place. All right, so I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame. I know there are umpires in the Hall of Fame, but I did not see anything about that. <laughs> no, I, I don't see that either. All right, well, I like that. That was, well, that was uh, fun. interesting and didn't get you any points, so you're still at no, 16.3. But, but it was interesting. All right, hey, oh, we got a Yankee. All right. We got the one and only Jumbo Brown. Please let him be like 5'6", 110 pounds. <laughs> it looks like here, uh, Walter George Brown, 6'4", 295. Yeah, that's what I got to. That's disappointing. But <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're Jumbo. Jumbo was in the league for 12 years. He was a pitcher. Ended up with a 33 and 31. Mark led the league in saves his final two seasons with 7 and 8. Wow. He was just, if he would have, okay, so here we go. He retired in 1941. Uh, in 1938, he recorded five saves, 39, six saves, 47 saves, 41, eight saves. He was just going to keep building up until he eventually, you know, set a mark for Dennis Eckersley to aim for. Yeah, absolutely. He ended what, he was getting there. What year is this card from? 1935. 1935 with the New York Yankees. He went six and five with a 3.61 ERA, 20 games. Uh, let's see, he started eight, he had one shutout, pitched 87 in a third inning, struck out 41 for a 113 ERA+. plus. All of that equals a war of 0.8. Is there anything on that card that's going to help you out? No, nothing. It, it, it's got this great look on his face like, you really, you brought me a sandwich and you forgot the mail? Well, they didn't really, you know, cameras were still kind of unique at this point, so they didn't really know what the look was supposed to be when they got their pictures taken. Sure, but I really think someone forgot the mail. I'm just saying. <laughs> Is he actually eating a sandwich at any point in this picture? Not visibly, but I think he's it's got a little bit of It's just below frame. Yeah, it's just uh, out of yeah. frame. Yeah. All right. Next we have, a, it's a no-hitter card. Reds versus Dodgers, 1938, Mr. Johnny Vandermeer. Was that his first or second? Yes. It doesn't say on here if it was his first or second. Or maybe, I, how many did he throw? Maybe he threw some that weren't back-to-back. It was, uh, whichever one was on June 15th. All right, well, well, we'll look at that. So, nicknames the Dutch Master or Double No Hit. I think Dutch Master is a better nickname. <laughs> double No Hit. Well, he did something. Let's just call him that exactly. Uh, let's see, 13 years in the big leagues. He did lose two years 
uh, to military service in 1944 and 1945. He's got quite a bit of black ink here, was a member of the 1940 World Series team with Cincinnati and a four-time All-Star. Which year is this card for? This is 1938. 1938. Well, good news for you. All-Star year. One of his four All-Star years. His second in the big leagues for the Reds. He ended up 15 and 10 that year with a 3.12 ERA. 32 games, 16 complete, three shutouts. 225 and a third innings pitched, 125 strikeouts, a 118 ERA plus. He led the league with a 7.1 hits per nine average, which is pretty good. And that equates to a war of 3.4 plus he was an all-star, so that'll be a 3.9. Is there anything else on that card that's going to help you out? He's got some of those super thick stirrups on. All right, so that'll be another tenth of a point. Uh, So this is interesting. In 1946... His teammate, Ewill Blackwell, threw a no-hitter, and in his next start against the Braves, he had another no-hitter until he gave up two hits in the ninth inning. Wow. So almost two teammates did the unthinkable. All right, so you're at 21.1. 21.1, okay, that's tolerable. All right, next we have a Cincinnati Reds outfielder from 1928, Pid Purdy, that's P-I-D, Pid Purdy, and it says in the upper corner here, two-sport athlete. Everett Virgil Purdy. In baseball, he played for four years, came up with the White Sox in 1926, and then three years with the Cincinnati Reds. Overall, a 293 average, not bad, 362 on base for his career, and a 96 OPS for his career. What year is this card from? 1928. 1928. Oh, wow, he hit 309. No home runs, 25 RBI in 70 games. That equals a 97 OPS plus and a 0.7 war. Anything on that card going to help out? No, no, nothing, uh, nothing too cool. He's actually got a smile. Like most of these guys don't smile. Interestingly, the uh, Mr. Purdy also played for the 26 Green Bay Packers. He played all 60 minutes of 11 games. So he was a two-way player on the Green Bay Packers. In the NFL, and he also played some baseball, it looks like. Purdy is the lightest player to ever throw a touchdown pass in the NFL at 5'6", <laughs> 145 pounds. Wow. Wow, what an athlete, though. My gosh. I, I'm wondering what the average weight was for, for football players in the 1920s. I don't think they're 320, <laughs> you know, 6'7", like they are today. But Well, maybe, maybe if it was Jumbo Brown, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess he was that size, wasn't he? All right, so that'll take you to 21.8. Pid Purdy, the original, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. Do you think they used to have an ad like Pid Nose? Pid Nose football. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. It, was pr- it was probably a primetime commercial. Yeah, a lot I, of. I figured. Uh, next is Detroit Tigers. Let's hear it. Oh, I me. like that, yeah. Shortstop Jackie Tavener. All right, well, let's just get it right out here. He was, uh, he was a Tiger, so that's my team, so that's going to be uh, – or no, Tigers are your team. That's my team. We're gonna we're gonna add a. You picked the Miami Marlins, remember? Jackie nicknamed the Rabbit. I'm wondering if he was quick. <laughs> they, they, they normally name guys Rabbit if they're home run hitters, right? <laughs> the Rabbit Ball. Oh, they're pitchers, right? A no, rabbit that's Ball. It, that's it. Yeah. Well, let's see. Jackie played for six years in the big leagues. Uh, let's see. Overall, he had 46 stolen bases, but he was caught 31 times. So I. Mm. I'm not sure he was exactly a rabbit, but what year is this from? 1928. 
1928 with the Detroit Tigers, who he spent five of his six years with, 132 games, five home runs, 52 RBI, a 260 average, a 314 on base, and an 86 OPS plus. That equals a war of 1.3. Is there anything on that card that's going to help you out? Um, yeah, we got some stirrups going on here. All right. Something interesting about Jackie, five foot five, 138 pounds. So rabbit was actually not just because he was quick. It's size. because he was the same yes. size. <laughs> if you walked near a rabbit hole, he is likely to fall in it. I'm sure it happened more than one occasion. Was rejected by Ty Cobb because of his size. Oh, Ty, you, you, you size bigot. Oh, one of only four players in Major League history to steal second, third, and home in the same inning on more than one occasion. On more than one occasion. Nice. Even nicer. Uh, Let's see. After retirement, opened up a bowling alley in Fort Worth, Texas. There you go. Slashed his index finger on his throwing hand while fumbling around in the icebox in his house one evening. This is near the end of his career, so it just seemed to shorten his career a bit, but... And it wasn't a farming accident. It was an icebox accident. But still, it's an old-timey injury. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> You're not going to see that anymore. He got frostbite in August one time. So. Well, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure that Jackie was tough but had a little trouble playing Nintendo and hurting his thumb. Yeah, well, it's rock band. It's uh, rock band. not the first time it's happened. Uh, so apparently he opened up two bowling alleys. So he just kept, he had a bowling alley empire that were, it was, quote, the finest bowling establishments in the Southwest. A pegler, if you will. All right. So you are at 23.7. I think this is your last card. Yes, this is the last card. All right. And it's a gentleman named Christy Mathewson. Hmm. I am not sure we've talked about Christy Mathewson before, have we? Uh, he may have come up. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't remember, was he in the first class of the Hall of Fame or is he one of those guys that had to get knocked to the second one because the first one was... Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Matthewson, um, by the way, this card's from 05. I think he was in the the first class, 1936. So let's see, uh, 17 years in the big leagues. Hall of Famer, obviously, as we've mentioned. Lifetime record of 373 and 188 with a 2.13 ERA. (laughs) That's pretty good. And a 1.058 whip for his career. Man, uh, for his career, 79 shutouts and 30 saves. In 1908, he, oh, wow. In 1908, before they had the MVP or the Cy Young, obviously, the Cy Young, uh, his entire line, there are, there's, there's more black ink than not. He led the league in wins and saves and shutouts and complete games and games and games started and ERA. He led in innings pitched, hits allowed, strikeouts, batters faced, ERA plus, FIP, whip, walks per nine, and strikeout to walk ratio. <laughs> I it, mean, it honestly would have been easier to read off what he didn't lead the yeah, league. Yeah, it really would have. So, what year did you say? 1905? 05. All right. So, this is the first year that he led the league in wins. He only went 31 and 9 with a 1.28 ERA. Uh, he led the league in shutouts with eight, three saves, 32 complete games, pitched 33 or 338 and two thirds innings. Only gave up 252 hits. That's almost 100 less <laughs> innings pitched. Struck out 206 and only walked 64. 
oh, wow. for a whip as a starter of 0.933. Well, give me that strike card, baby. That That's th- in 32 complete games out of 37 started. <laughs> a 233 ERA plus. And uh, let's see, 1905. That is good for a war of 9.6. Plus, he's a Hall of Famer, obviously. So that'll be a 10.6. No real awards because they didn't give him out at that point. But he would have won them all. Oh, yeah. 1905, he was a member of the World Series team as well that year with the Giants. Oh, wait, that's the Giants. That's my team. Uh Uh-oh. That's right. So that's going to be a minus 0.5. That'll put a huge ding in that big score. Where am I going to go with that, man? Come on. Uh, Anything in that card going to help you out? Nope. Uh, Nicknames Big Six. We've talked about that. One of my favorite nicknames. It's after a, a steam engine. Also, the Christian gentleman, Maddie, and the gentleman's hurler. Ah, gentleman. Uh, Accidentally exposed to chemical weapons while he was uh, serving in the Army's Chemical Warfare Service, which weakened his respiratory system, causing him to contract tuberculosis, which he eventually succumbed to. Oh. I don't think we've done an episode completely on him. I know we talked about him a bit when we did the Hall of Fame episode. Yes. I do just want to mention also none of these players uh, have, in fact, appeared on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I just want to get that out of the way. Now you're positive. You looked each of those up. Yes, I did. Uh, I checked every one of these IMDb pages. Okay. During World War II, there was a 422-foot Liberty ship, which is a class of ships for the the Navy, was christened the USS Christy Matheson. Oh, Nice. That's pretty cool. And his Hall of Fame plaque says, quote, greatest of all the great pitchers in the 20th century's first quarter. Maddie was master of them all. Very nice. All right. So, yeah. Wow. That was a fun pack. Uh, 33.8 is your nice total score. there. And uh, Andrew is 100% correct. We have never, in fact, pulled any of those cards. Believe you are correct on that one. Let me double check the the history. Yeah, that, 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 that was the first time for all those. All right, so let's get on to my pack now. Again, these were ded- uh, dedicated. These were given to us and curated by Andrew Harner. You can find him at Andrew S. Harner 1 on Twitter. I've got uh, I've got something to beat here. I got 33.8 to beat. All right, here we go. Let's take a look. Uh, jettisoning the top card, Jed Jerko. Your first player. I, you know what? Whenever I'm behind by a whole bunch, I always invoke this guy's name. This is the guy I'm going to need in order to get the high points. Hack Wilson. Oh, boy. Let's hope there's some RBIs here in my future. Uh, Let's see. Hackley. Oh, that's not his full name. That's disappointing. Lewis Robert Wilson, a.k.a. Hack. Wilson, 12 years in the big leagues. I'm hoping it's a a 1930 card because that would really please me. Uh, Hack Wilson is a Hall of Famer as well, so I got that going for me. What year is this? 1924. All right. Well, that's not his biggest year, but you know, in 1924, what team he was playing for? The New York Giants, which is my team. (laughs) So I got the Hall of Fame and the team right there. This was his second year in the big leagues. He ended up hitting 295, 369 on base, and a 486 slugging, 10 home runs, 57 RBI, a 129 OPS plus, and that will equal a war of 2.4. So that'll be a 3.9 with the Hall of Fame and the Giants. Is there anything else on that card that's going to help me out? Nope, just an upper uh, bus shot. All right. Well, obviously, 1930 was his big year with the Cubs. 191 RBI in one year. 
Yes. And, and one of the only people to pick up an RBI a hundred years after he uh, passed away. So, <laughs> okay. Not a hundred years, but. You know also I mean. led the league in home runs that year with 56. This was the tail end of leading the league in home runs four out of five years. He also led the league in RBI the year before with 159, which is a gaudy total as it is. Looking at this, he only played for 12 years, but he huh. totaled 1,063 RBI. He knew how to do that. And he hit 244 career home runs, which is kind of like the, the inverse of... Jeremy Burnitz that we talked about earlier that had 300 plus home runs, but did not have a thousand RBI. A prodigious walker as well, too. Yeah, led the league twice in in walks. Career 395 on base, which is incredible. In that 1930 season, his on base percentage, 454. Woo! Very impressive. Wilson's combativeness and excessive alcohol consumption made him one of the most colorful personalities of his era. Well, that sounds like that is ripe for an episode. <laughs> I think we're going to have to talk a little bit more about Hack. Yeah, definitely have to do that. He was built, this is from a very famous sports writer, Shirley Povich, said, quote, he was built along the lines of a beer keg and was not wholly unfamiliar with its contents. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a, nobody really knows how he got the name Hack. Some people say it was due to his resemblance of Hack Miller, who was an outfielder with the Cubs. Others say it's because of his physique, which reminded them of a taxi cab in that era, which uh, hack is slang for a cab. So it was built like a taxi cab, this guy. Uh, Wilson insisted he never played drunk. Hungover, yes, but drunk, no. Hmm. Sounds like a lot of players. I think we've talked about hack before because some of these things are very familiar, but I think I think we'll, we'll chalk this up to... Uh, future episode because there's a lot here to to digest but uh hall of fame in the veterans committee in 1979 all right so i started at 3.9 ready for my next card all right another fantastic nickname heine sand sounds like a particularly interesting type of sand or a location in which the sand might end up yes but his name was only john henry so john henry sand let's see six years in the big leagues all of it with philadelphia he was a shortstop for his career Mm, let's see 258 hitter 343 on base 78 ops plus not much power not much speed what year is this from 1923 1923 is rookie year 132 games four home runs 32 rbi he did steal seven base only caught three times 228 average 347 on base a 67 ops plus and that equals a minus 0.7 war ouch (laughs) that's a lot of minus there Heine did something pretty bad that year. I think he had some sand stuck somewhere that was distracting Man, I him. Yes. Now, is Heine a nickname for Henry? Because there's several Heines in, in Major League Baseball history. Not, not really an expert on the nickname Heine. Maybe we can get somebody on the show that can talk to that. Yes. Uh, if your name is Henry, let us know. Uh, <laughs> sand best known for his role in a 1924 bribery incident that resulted in two players apparently not him, being banned from baseball by Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that story. Somebody offered him money and he turned him in. Yeah, a Giants player offered to pay Sand and another guy to go easy on the Giants when they were playing because they were out of contention, but the Giants were still in contention. No hearing was conducted. The guy admitted to offering the bribes, and they were both immediately banned. But Sand involved in three triple plays in his career. Huh. Also, a triple play on a ball that was hit by Heine Grow. Wow. So it's the double Heine triple play. 
<laughs> it's famously known as. You see it all the time. People reference it, the, the double hiney triple play. Dual hineys uh, yes. combining for a triple now, play. Do not get them mixed up with the triple hiney double play. <laughs> it's a completely different era. Okay. Well, and that's a whole and other sports. genre. Yeah, yeah, that's not even, that's, this is a safe for work podcast, so we oh can't my. discuss that one. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm at 3.2. All right, and your next, oh man, not everyone gets uh, a player nicknamed after a large animal. This is Hippo Vaughn. See, if Hippo, not to be confused with Archie Vaughn. No. Or Vince Vaughn, for that matter. Let's see, Arky, no, I'm sorry, Hippo. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for Arky. Uh, Hippo won the pitching triple crown in 1918. Uh, won uh, 22 games, lead the league, 1.74 ERA to lead the league, and 148 strikeouts to lead the league. But what year is this for? Because you're going to tell me it's not 1918. Um, this is uh, 1917. Oh, so close. Still, <laughs> look at this these numbers. I mean, he had a really good run here. Near the end of his career, really. Uh, in 1917, 23 and 13, a 2.01 ERA, 27 complete games, five shutouts, 295 and two-thirds innings, only gave up 255 hits, struck out 195. That's good for a 143 ERA+. Plus. And that is good for a war of 6.7. Nice. Anything on that card? Uh, is he got some uh, Groucho Marx glasses on? or You know, it, it's interesting. There's uh, Facial hair is just not to be found mm. uh, on these guys. But uh, Hippo uh, was fond of the stirrups. So you're, you're fortunate there. I'm not sure he was fond of them as much as he was forced to wear them uh, so that he didn't die. Well, yeah, I'm fond of stuff that makes me not die. His nickname Hippo came from the fact that he was six foot for 215, which if he was pitching today, he might be called slim with those. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, this one we've, we've, we've talked about before on May 2nd, 1917 at Wrigley field. He dueled Fred Tony of the reds for nine hitless innings apiece. Wow. And then the Reds scored a couple of hits after Vaughn retired the first batter in the top of the 10th. Later scored, and we, because I know we mentioned this because driving in the the run was Jim Thorpe. Oh, okay, yeah. The the first like five or six sport athlete was just an incredible athlete that we've talked about before. All right, so I'm at ten even. I'm feeling good. All right, glad you're feeling good because you got another great nickname. This one, Gabby, Gabby Street. Now, do I get extra points for a Gabby Street reference in my pack? Uh, um, you know, it's not one of the rules. I, you know, I think it's been, it's been maybe like three episodes since we mentioned Gabby Street or Gabby Hartnett. Well, you know, those, <laughs> they pop up so many times, but here we're going to talk about old Sarge, Charles Everett Street, a catcher, eight years in the big leagues. He, boy, he bounced around a lot for, <laughs> for a player that played when you had to be released or traded if you were going to go anywhere else. No free agency. Not a great hitter. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, what year is this card from? This is in 1932, where I believe he was a manager. Yeah, 19, well, his last at-bat, he appeared in one game in 31, and he went 0 for 1. So I'm not going to get anything here in terms of points. Uh, he was a player manager, it appears. And, yeah, he managed the Cardinals for several years. In 1931, he won the World Series. I mean, that's the Gas House gang right there. There you go. And you said it was 31 or was it 30? I don't 32. Know. Oh, 32. 
I'm guessing that one at bat, probably at the end. Oh, here, let's look. I, I'm curious now. Was that one at bat? Was it like a like at the very end of the season and he just wanted one more at bat? Maybe to reset his Hall of Fame uh, clock. Uh, September 20th. So that would have been, that was game 149. So yeah, right at the end. <laughs> Not helpful in terms of scoring, but I'll, I'll take it. Did he get any bonus points if he caught a baseball thrown from the top of the Washington Monument? Well, we've talked about it. We, we talked about that feat, 555 feet. And then we remember, because then we talked about somebody dropped a grapefruit out of a plane because they forgot to take a baseball up with them. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so we've also talked about Gabby Street a lot in our Harry Carey episode because he worked with Harry Carey calling Cardinals games. And also, of course, we've talked about him because Gabby Street has not appeared in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but... Montgomery Burns wanted him on the company softball team at the Homer at the Bat episode, which, of course, we have definitely talked about. It was a good one. It was a good one. Next card, Hall of Famer, although not baseball, Ernie Nevers, Pro Football Hall of Famer, elected in 1963. Uh, so he's a Hall of Famer. I'll take that. <laughs> does that count? I mean, uh, we never really said. It says Hall of Famer, even if not in focus. It does not designate what sport. So I'm taking it. All right. Uh, oh, look at this. Buried in San Rafael, California, where I was born. I'm going to have to add him to the list. Uh, there's a lot of famous players that are buried around the Bay Area here. Maybe on Halloween, I'll go around and drive around to all these. Uh, attended Stanford as well. Nice. Played three years in baseball for the St. Louis Browns. He was a pitcher, a career mark of 6-12 and with a 4.64 ERA. What year is this card from? 1927. 1927, 3-8 with a 4.94 ERA, 27 games. He did have two complete games and two saves. Overall finished with an 88 ERA plus and a .5 war. Plus he's a Hall of Famer, so that's 1.5. Anything else on that card going to help me out? No, nothing uh, nothing too exciting. Just staring at the camera. Is he holding a football um, or anything? Is... Uh, let's see. He's got No, he's got a golf ball in his cheek. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea. Interesting, though, it says here um, that was 27, of course, a year when Babe Ruth hit the 60 home runs. Well, Ernie never surrendered two of those home runs. Big Dog was his nickname. I like it. Very nice. Uh, uh, he was inducted the inaugural classes of inductees for both the College Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And while at Stanford, he played four sports, football, basketball, baseball, and track and field. Oh, uh, this guy just seems like a beast. Yeah, no doubt. In uh, 1926, he pitched a complete game and got the win over the Tigers, giving up eight hits and two runs. The lineup sent to face him by the Tigers, Ty Cobb, Heine Manouche, Charlie Geringer, Harry Heilman, and Bob Fothergill. Well, nice. Hall of Famers, all of them. So <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty darn good. Also played for the Duluth Eskimos as a uh, pro football player. They're my favorite team. I bet you, you know what? I bet you he played professional football at Wrigley Field. That's where the... Uh, what years did they play there? Uh, I don't remember, but they played the, the Chicago, I don't think they were always the, the Bears, played there for a long time. And I think it was like 1912, 1913 that it was built for the Chicago Whales. So I'm, I'm thinking he had to have played there. The stuff we figure out here. Well, we try to piece together. All right. So uh, I'm at 11.5. Next card. Next card, Chicago Cubs pitcher, Sheriff Blake. Uh, Sheriff Blake, John Frederick Blake. 
Let's see. 10 years in the game. He was a pitcher. Overall record, 87 and 102. Uh, he's got two... Two pieces of black ink here. In 1928, he led the league in shutouts with four. And in 1926, he led the league in walks with 92. But uh, what year is this card from? This is from 1925. 1925 with the Cubs. 10 and 18 mark, 4.86 ERA, 36 games, 14 complete games, two saves. Uh, Let's see, 231 in the third innings, 260 hits, a 90 ERA plus. And that will equal a war of only 0.7. Anything on that card going to help out? No, just a straight face stare. These cards are too old to have any kind of poses. All right, so I'm at 12.2. I'm not really moving quick here. All right, this one might help. Rogers Hornsby. Why? I've never heard of the guy. I don't know. Nah, me neither. What a weird name, Rogers. (laughs) The Raja. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Rogers Hornsby. Believe it or not, in the Hall of Fame. No. Yeah, uh, one World one World Series uh, MVP twice, triple crown twice. That's saying something. And seven different uh, batting titles. In 1926, he was with the Cardinals when they won the World Series there. As long as this isn't one of uh, a year, you know, kind of after 1930, I'll be pretty happy with this card. Which uh, What year are we looking at? Well, I believe he won the triple crown in two different years. Yeah, uh, 1922 and 1925. This card happens to be from 1925. So you got it. I will. I'll take that. He also won the MVP that year. Nice. And he's, uh, uh, of course, uh, a Hall of Famer. I'm I'm sensing a big haul here. This could be this could be the single highest scoring card we've come across. It, yeah, very well could be. Let's take a look at these this year. You, you mentioned he re- won the Triple Crown. The second time that he did it, the first time in 1922, 39 home runs, 143 RBI, a 403 average. The year before, he ended up with a 424 average, and three times in his career, he hit over 400. I'm not counting 1936 when he hit 400, appearing in only two games. 489 on base, wow. 756 slugging, wow. And a 210 OPS plus. All of this will equal a 10.3 war. So oh, 10.3, he's a Hall of Famer, so that's 11.3. And he was an MVP, so that is 11.8. Anything else on that card going to help out? Boy, I hope not. No, nothing is. No sweat bands with his caricature on it? No. Uh, uh, no, he's got, uh, he's got flat a Ricky helmet. Uh, he's got a Ricky Henderson uh, uh, tattoo. So uh, oh, weird. nice. Uh, that's a bone. So look at this. From 1920... To 1925, he led the league in average, on-base, slugging, OPS, and OPS plus every single year. <laughs> Likewise, he did for total bases except for 1923. I mean, nice. these, the numbers are just incredible. Obviously, I mean, he was a, a, an easy Hall of Famer. 1926, he won the World Series with the Cardinals. Only hit 250. <laughs> He's career in uh, he appeared in two world series for with a 245 career average in the world series yeah. come on raja yeah, is, is he really worthy <laughs> yeah really also a player manager near the end of his career and married three times so oh, three lucky women uh yeah <laughs> difficult to get along with not well liked by fellow players but never smoked drank or went to the movies Never went to the movies. Never went to the movies, but he was a big gambler on horse races. Well, as a sport kings. Well, and his nickname Raja isn't that like a kind of royalty? And it is. Yes. All right. So that is. uh, I'm up to 24 even. 
Okay. Your next player is St. Louis Browns pitcher Ivy Andrews. And just looking at the picture, man, if you think of Lumpy from Leave It to Beaver, that's Ivy Andrews. <laughs> he looks like he's got measles or or he's just been to the dentist and he's got a bunch of cotton in his cheeks. Uh, nickname is Poison, though. So, uh, well, Ooh. Ivy. I, I get yeah, it. Very nice. I get it. All right. Uh, eight years in the big leagues as a pitcher. What year is this card from? 1936. 1936, the St. Louis Browns, 7-12 mark, 4.84 ERA, 191 innings pitched, 110 ERA plus, and uh, that will equal a war of 4.6. Woo! Wow, that's unexpected from Lumpy. Anything else on that card going to help me out at all? You got some stirrups. I'll take it. And that's going to be it. Uh, let's see. Through a knuckleball, a screwball, a blazing fastball, a curveball, and a changeup. Wow. So he had some pitches to work with. All right. That'll take me up to 28.7. I am only five points behind you with, I believe, three cards left. Yes, three cards left. All right. And your next uh, is a Cincinnati Reds outfielder, Maury Arnovich or Arnovic. All right. Maury, nicknamed Snooker, <laughs> which... Oh, I don't know. I He's got a rather large nose, but I don't think that that has anything to do with snooker. Snooker. It could. He yeah. looks uh, He looks like a Barney to me. Should have re- really have been his name. Uh, wow. Four years he lost to military service and then came back and only played in one game the rest of his career. Uh-huh. What year is this card from? This is from 1940. 1940. Just missed his one all-star year. 1940, he split time between the Phillies and the Reds. Ended up hitting 250, 305 on base. No power. What to speak of a 301 slugging. A 69 OPS plus. And that will equal a war of zero. He had a, he had a minus .4 with the Phillies and a positive .4 with Cincinnati. So uh, unless there's <laughs> any, is there anything on that card that's going to help me out? Nothing. He won't even look at the camera. Oh, he can't be bothered. He was turned down initially for the Army because he was missing a pair of molars. Oh, jeez. Which apparently disqualified him. He got some false teeth and volunteered again after Pearl Harbor and spent four years in the Army after that. After Pearl Harbor, you could have false teeth. Well, yeah, and he he did it just to get in. So Nice. Good for him. All right, so uh, I am at 28.7. That didn't help me at all. Next card. You had a dizzy, or I had a dizzy pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. How about Dazzy for you, Dazzy Vance? Dazzy Vance. All right, let's see. Dazzy Vance, Charles Arthur Vance. He was born in the Orient. Orient, Iowa. I What is with these Iowa names? They, <laughs> who names these cities? Okay, let's see. Uh, Dazzy Vance, Hall of Famer, MVP, Triple Crown uh, pitcher, was a member of the 1934 World Series team. With the uh, St. Louis Browns. I think it was the Browns that year. Yeah, St. Louis Browns. Or, uh, no, this is the, the Cardinals, not the Browns. So it was a St. Louis team. We'll just say that. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, let's see. What year is this card from? This is from 1934. 1934. So he split time between Cincinnati and St. Louis. This is at the end of his career. He went 0-2 with a 7.5 ERA. I'm not expecting anything positive here. That gets me a war of actually a positive 0.4. He is a Hall of Famer, so that'll be a plus 1.4. Anything else in that? No, nothing, uh, nothing's going to help you out here. All right. All right. So I'm down to my last card. Mark, you have a 33.8 score, and I am at 30.1. So this is going to be really close. I, yeah. Unless maybe he curated this for a, a tie. Let's see. Let's see. You, you're, you're gonna, you got a good, good ball player here. It's uh, the one and only Mickey Cochran. 
I thought you were going to say Mickey Mantle, and uh, I was going to be really excited here. Uh, Mickey Cochran, well, he's a Hall of Famer right off the bat, so that's a good sign for me. Three World Series, two MVPs, and a two-time All-Star. He won uh, World Series in 1929 and 30 with the Philadelphia Athletics and 1935 with the Tigers. Uh, overall for his career, 13 years in the big leagues, a 320 average. He only has one piece of black ink his entire career, and that was in 1933 when he led the league in on-base. But he was an MVP twice. So what year is this card from? This is also 1934. Okay, 1934. That's good news. He was an all-star and MVP this year. I think I might have just wrapped. I might have just won. I might have taken the lead. My gosh. Let's see. 129 games. He hit 320, a 428 on base, a 412 slugging, two home runs, 75 RBI, eight stolen bases, a 117 OPS plus, and that equals a 4.5. And that will be a six-point even with the Hall of Fame and the All-Star and the MVP. Wow. Anything else on that card going to help me wash it in your face a little bit more? Well, you you got some stirrups, it looks like. But let's not forget, Mickey was a Detroit Tiger. Oh, well, he he was. But it does not matter. That uh, let's see, that'll take me down to 36.2. And I have, for the first time in recorded history, taken the lead in Wax Packs Heroes. <laughs> I will take it. Wow, that that was fun. Those were some cards. Uh, Andrew Harner, you are 100% correct. We had never pulled any of those before. So, Andrew, you, you hit the heart of this of this podcast. Right that here. was, yeah, Real let's baseball history again. We'll put his uh, Twitter handle in the show notes if you want to follow him. It is at Andrew S. Harner one. Thank you very much. Again, if you've got a curated pack or some unopened packs of cards from any era and you want to send them to us, let us know and we'll let you know how to get those to us and we could open up your pack in a future episode. So that'll do it here for this episode of Wax Packs Heroes as well as Two Strike Noise. If you want more of us, you can find us on the socials. We're at Two Strike Noise, at TWO Strike Noise, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and we have an email address that Mark is uh, constantly checking the mailbox, waiting for the mailman every day to come. Every day I sit there and I click refresh again and again and again. You can reach us at Two Strike Noise. Make sure you spell it out, T-W-O, Strike Noise at gmail.com. It's funny because your mailman actually contacted me and said that you, you're waiting by your physical mailbox. Am and I he's, not supposed to? He's told you several times that, that email does not come in the physical mailbox. So. I thought he was joking. No, he is deadly oh. serious and very tired of you. So if oh, you could just man. leave him alone. He can join the club. All right. All right that's going to do it for this episode. We'll see you next week on another episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day.